it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it. Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing, and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort, where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support CDM.press using pro, promo code CDM and get the best discounts available at MyPillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. We have known and been in contact with the Iranian resistance, the Mujahideen Hikok, uh, People's Mujahideen of Iran, for about four years now. And uh, the story is fascinating. If you don't know it, you should research it. But we have with us today the head of the National Council of Resistance in Iran, Ali Savavi, who is their political arm overseas. Uh, welcome to the show, Ali. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Todd, for inviting me. Of course, I'm a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the NCRI. Glad to be with you. So, um, yeah, maybe, I'm sorry, I got your title wrong there. So tell us, look, Iran is exploding again in a uh, in an uprising which has happened many times it happened during the obama administration and nothing was wasn't really supported but the people are not happy tell us what's happening inside iran well the uh, nine day uh, i i would call it an uprising began with uh, people first protesting in uh, the iranian kurdistan over the death in custody of a young 22 year old woman, Mahsa Amini, who was uh, arrested by uh, the security forces, by the so-called morality police, when uh, she and her family had come to Tehran for a visit. And while in detention, she was beaten badly uh, on the head particularly, and she suffered a hemorrhage, brain hemorrhage, and uh, went into a coma and died uh, three days later. That uh, basically sparked protest in, in Iranian Kurdish town, but it quickly spread like wildfire to other cities in Iran, in Tehran, Shiraz, Mashhad, North, East, West, South, uh, actually to 139 cities in the 31 provinces of Iran. And of course, uh, the, the protest, when it became the uprising, then the slogan was really 
all of them were directed against the regime, against the supreme leader Ali Khamenei, against uh, the entirety of the regime. And uh, people were chanting death to Khamenei, death to the principle of the Vilayat al-Faqih, which means absolute rule of the clergy. They also were chanting uh, death to the opp oppressor, be it the Shah or the leader, meaning Khamenei, which reflects the Iranian people's uh, desire for a republican form of government, uh, which of course respects uh, individual freedoms, uh, equal rights for everybody, including women, ethnic minorities, religious minorities. And uh, despite the harsh reaction on the part of the regime, with the security forces coming out in force, opening fire on the protesters, uh, it has failed to quash the uprising. And I must tell you, as we speak, some 140 protesters have been killed, including a young 16-year-old. Uh, mo most of the protesters are what you call millennials, or uh, they are in their 20s or, or younger. In fact, one of the commanders of the state security force said to the state-run media that most of the people that we've arrested are below the age of 20, which goes to show that the very people who have lived their entire lives under this regime and subjected to its indoctrination and propaganda for two decades are rejecting the mullahs in, in their totality. And so Iran is on fire. And uh, I must say, uh, we are not only surprised, but humbled by the degree of uh, bravery and audacity that these young kids are demonstrating going before uh, heavily armed revolutionary guards and plainclothes officers with bare hands just throwing them rocks. And in many cities, I must tell you, they have pushed them back. In the uh, west uh, uh, northwest town of Oshnaviye, as we speak, the town is in the control of the people. The IRGC and everybody has escaped. All of the IRGC bases, government offices, uh, have been set on fire, and people are in total control. Uh, and uh, obviously, the regime uh, tried to suppress the protest. They shut off the internet, but even that hasn't worked. So uh, in many respects, we are facing a watershed moment in the history of the Iranian people's struggle against this regime for freedom and democracy. Let me ask, I mean, it you have a situation in Iran where you essentially have a corrupt oligarchy, which has taken everything from the people and simply uses them as slaves. So this younger generation sees that they have nothing to lose. Am I correct? They must absolutely. Fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what, in a sense, Todd, what you see now in Iran uh, is not something spontaneous. It is, if you will, the culmination mm -hmm. of 40 years of steadfast resistance against this regime, which began in 1981, when half a million Iranians uh, organized by the Mujahideen Khalq, MEK, came onto the streets, peacefully protesting, and the regime turned it into a bloodbath. Since then, of course, uh, resistance hasn't died. Uh, as I'm sure you know, some 30,000 were massacred by the Iranian regime in 1988. And the current president of the regime, Ibrahim Raisi, was the uh, member of uh, the Death Commission in Tehran. And so he was directly responsible for sending thousands to the gallows. But all of this repression has been unable to stymie the Iranian people's quest and desire for freedom. 
first of all, because you have an organized resistance uh, in the name of the MEK. Uh, mm -hmm. In the past four years, particularly, uh, the MEK-affiliated resistance units inside of Iran, comprised of young people, old people, ordinary people, people from all walks of life, have been active in virtually every city, torching uh, government symbols, banners, posters of uh, government leaders, like they torched uh, statues of uh, the terror master Qasem Soleimani, they um, uh, attacked the offices and the headquarters of the Basij, other repressive agencies, they have disrupted like the state radio and television, various ministry websites. And so in this sense, they have served as an example, if you will, as a model for the younger Iranian generation. And so if you watch the videos that are coming out of Iran, you can see the resistance units leading the protest, directing the younger people what to do, where to go, uh, what the slogans they should chant. And the remarkable thing about it is the role that women are playing. In mm -hmm. fact, the regime itself acknowledged in the past few days that uh, the uh, protests were being led by women and that they had arrested the number of what they called women leaders. And of course, this is again not a coincidence because one of the 100,000 uh, political prisoners who have been executed in Iran in the past uh, 43 years, some one third were women. And of course, as you know, and you have come to Paris and to Albania to meet MEK, uh, the organization is led by women, not just by one woman, Mrs. Rajabi, but by a bevy of women who occupy leader position, uh, leadership positions. So again, this serves as an inspiration for Iranian women that um, uh, life has to be different. They don't want to be subjected to uh, compulsory veil to a whole host of restrictions that this regime has imposed on particularly Iranian women. So you have a uh, upwards of a thousand resistance resistance units in country. Am I correct? Actually, are, more than that. This really? year, the, uh, when the annual event was supposed to be held uh, on July twenty third and twenty fourth, but it was only postponed because of a terrorist threat. Mm -hmm. which the U.S. Embassy in Albania uh, made public. They, uh, uh, some 5,000 resistance units sent uh, video messages to the summit. Uh, of course, uh, because the summit uh, wasn't held, uh, they were not aired, but they are there, and, and we saw them. And uh, uh, so the resistance units have expanded tremendously. Obviously, mm -hmm. there have been many arrests, but the number of people joining the ranks far outpaces uh, the numbers that are being um, arrested and detained by the regime. So in a sense, uh, we are on the offensive and the regime is on the defensive. And I, and I think if you look at the current situation, the past nine days, it seems to me that finally the thick wall of repression uh, is beginning to crack. Mm -hmm. And um, the kind of courage and the uh, uh, resilience that the young people have shown in the past nine days, it, 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 I think it has astounded the world. And it seems to me that all of a sudden the mainstream media and some politicians have woken up to the reality of Iran, which we have been saying all along, that mm -hmm. Iran is in a revolutionary stage. But mm -hmm. of course, as you know, 
the policy, unfortunately, has been one of appeasing the mullah, trying to give the regime concessions. They invited this hardcore criminal to the United Nations, which in my view was a shame uh, on the UN. And I think it discarded the conscience of humanity to have a mass murderer uh, taking the podium of the United Nations uh, instead mm. of, as the Amnesty International Secretary General said, uh, being prosecuted and jailed. So your movement is essentially a threat to repressive Islam around the world. Am I correct? Indeed. In fact, our movement, the MEK, which is part of the larger National Council of Resistance, which is a democratic coalition of all different political uh, persuasions, is a Muslim organization which espouses a moderate, tolerant, democratic, modern uh, vision of Islam. Mm -hmm. And of course, that is an antithesis to the extremist, fundamentalist uh, interpretation of Islam, whether the Shiite version, which the Mullahs propagate, or the Sunni version, which ISIS and other so-called radical or, or extremist movements such as Al-Qaeda uh, mm -hmm. uh, profess. So uh, I think that the MEK, in fact, is an existential threat to the regime. And uh, interestingly, uh, when uh, the former successor to Khomeini, Hossein Ali Montezeri, uh, met with the death commission members, back in August of 1988, including Ibrahim Raisi, uh, he told them in the tape recording of that uh, meeting, which of course has become public, it became public in 2016, he said the MEK is an idea, is a school of thought. You cannot destroy it by killing it. It will only help it spread, mm -hmm. and which is why, despite everything that the regime has done in its power, in terms of trying to physically eliminate the MEK, executing them in Iran en masse, attacking them in Camp Ashraf and Liberty in Iraq, uh, in seven attacks, mm -hmm. as you know, and of course engaging in a massive demonization campaign uh, outside of Iran with the help of some apologists of the regime, working with Western governments, the US, Europeans, the European Union, the British government, to put them on the terrorist list. Uh, our movement has overcome all of this, and of course now, we are on the driver's seat. And uh, I think from my point of view, it is time for the world community to wake up to the reality of Iran. Um, the people of Iran want a very different country. This regime in no way represents the aspiration of the Iranian people. This regime belongs to the not even the Middle Age. It belongs to the Stone Age. And yeah. instead of trying to engage the Mullahs, the world has to stand with the Iranian people, uh, to be on the right side of history. I think Western government, as much as they are thinking of their short-term economic interest from a strategic perspective, uh, they should invest on the people of Iran and on the future, not on a, a horse which is about to die, if not dead already. And, and so this is why Mrs. Rajavi has called on, on the international community to... Uh, condemn the Iranian regime to make any type of relations with it, uh, uh, make like predicated on a halting execution, human rights abuses, end of terrorism, and of course recognize the right of the Iranian people to use any means to defend themselves and overthrow this regime, because obviously you're facing a, a, a brutal and savage regime uh, which has shown no scruples in uh, uh, 
shedding blood as it did in November of 2019 when yeah. 1,500 defenseless protesters were shot in, uh, in the streets by uh, the repressive forces. But I think time is in our side. Uh, regardless of what happens this time, I think, as I said, this is a, a watershed. There's no turning point from uh, what has happened. We were only moving forward. And I think you have seen that the bravery and the courage of these young um, kids in Iran has aroused the respect and the admiration of uh, many, many uh, people around the world in the United States, in Europe, among uh, prominent individuals, celebrities, um, mm. uh, academics, uh, uh, politicians, um, even, even Nancy Pelosi uh, took a position saying that she condemns the suppression of the uh, uh, protesters inside Iran. Well, with a lot of the world fighting tyranny, I, I agree that people could take a page out of your history and, and learn a lesson from it as to how to fight a tyrannical regime effectively. Um, you, you've been targeted in D.C., I know, by some of the regime's uh, intelligence operatives. And how is Camp Ashraf in, a, in Albania? Is it safe? Are you still seeing attacks? I know you had a cyber attack. I mean, tell us about what's been going on. Well, as you might imagine, uh, because, as you correctly said, that the MEK poses an existential threat to the regime, uh, obviously, they would like to bring some harm to Camp Ashraf, just as when you attended the uh, Free Iran World Summit in 2018, it was a target of a massive bomb plot, which was uh, neutralized at the last minute with the good work of Belgian, French, and German uh, security services. And as you know, the mastermind of that terror plot, a senior Iranian diplomat, so-called uh, in Vienna, was arrested and is now rotting in a jail in Belgium. And he's going to be there for 20 years. And three of his accomplices were also sentenced to prison from uh, 15 to 18 years. Now, before that attack, or thwarted attack, I must say, uh, the regime had planned to bomb the New Year event being held in Albania, in Ash mm -hmm. Ashraf. That one was also foiled, and the Albanian government, to his credit, expelled the Iranian ambassador and his deputy. And as you know, most recently, they basically kicked out all of Iranian um, envoys in Albania and shut down the embassy. Actually, mm -hmm. it's the first time that a country in Europe has done this. And, you know, being a small country, I think it sets an example for the rest of the, the sure. world. And, and so obviously there is always a threat against uh, uh, Ashraf 3. We are keenly aware of that. In fact, uh, after the uh, July uh, event, uh, the World uh, Free Run World Summit 2022 was postponed. Uh, the... Uh, uh, Fast News Agency, which is uh, affiliated with the IRGC, published an article and said that because the MEK poses a threat to the regime and has been a source of problem for the regime for the past 43 years, that the uh, um, regime should invoke uh, Article 51 of the United Nations Charter and attack uh, Ashraf 3 with drones and missiles. And they even uh, published a a, a satellite photo of, of Ashraf 3 
with missiles uh, raining on it. Of course, as you know, Albania is a NATO, NATO country. Yeah. And uh, in, even after that, four Iranian agents were arrested at the airport uh, when they tried to come to Albania, held for 72 hours, promptly expelled. Another um, 11, uh, the so-called former members who are, had relations with the Iranian embassy in uh, Tirana, were arrested by the anti-terrorism, anti-corruption police uh, back in July, actually on July 16. They were interrogated for uh, several hours. All their equipment, mobile phones, uh, computers were confiscated. And because um, of the fear that they had been in touch with the Iranian Ministry of Intelligence and had been receiving money from the IRGC and the Gods Force. So you're absolutely correct that so long as the regime faces a threat from our movement, it is bound to take some sort of action. And as you pointed out, myself and a colleague were mm -hmm. targets of the surveillance capture kill operation in Washington, which the FBI uh, discovered and neutralized. Uh, some of our other officials have been targets of similar um, uh, assassination attempts in Europe. But I think that Time, as I said, is on our side. The balance is tipping, first and foremost, because the regime, as you pointed out, is a corrupt oligarchy, cannot resolve the underlying economic, social, and political problems that Iran is facing. Um, there's lack of water. You have a lot, of, I was going to say, you have a lot of, a large per, a percentage of your population that doesn't even have fresh water. Am I correct? Absolutely, yes, yes. In fact, not only that, 70% of Iranians live below poverty line. People are not mm -hmm. selling body parts. They are even selling unborn children uh, to make ends mm -hmm. meet. Can you believe mm -hmm. this? They're, they're even mm -hmm. selling their corneas. Uh, or, or even one, one person, uh, there was a, a telephone conversation he had that was made public. He had called a prospective buyer to sell his heart. Mm -hmm. And the person on the other side of the line told him, well, if you sell your heart, you're going to die. He said, I know, but at least my family will survive. So yeah. despite the fact that Iran is one of the richest countries in the world, sits on the second largest gas reserves in the world, is the fourth larger exporter of oil, people have to scavenge garbage cans to survive. Yeah. Uh, it has become a routine for children to go and search for garbage to find some food to eat. And people are like 12 million people that sleep hungry every night. Can you imagine yeah. Yeah. what the situation is? So this is why we say that Iran is at the revolutionary stage. And I think the sooner the international community changes course and takes concrete action to help the people of Iran, for example, providing them with unhindered access to the internet and mm -hmm. uh, punishing the regime, denying it the resources, um, uh, preventing it from selling oil, which of course pays for the salaries of these repressive forces and its uh, proxies around the, the, the Middle East, that um, change will come much sooner uh, than later. But nevertheless, we are determined, the people of Iran are determined, and um, uh, I think um, uh, it's a verdict of history that you cannot deny a people freedom. Yeah. Well, Ali, thank you. Is there anything else you want the world to know? Well, that's what I said. I guess one other thing I should add is that as 
every day now, supporters of the uh, Iranian people, supporters of the MEK and CRI, are holding uh, various rallies across Europe in the United States, uh, voicing the support for the people of Iran, their uprising. And there have been several initiatives, uh, 500 Iranian academics writing to President Biden about the situation of Iran. Uh, our people are active in U.S. Congress. 52 members, bipartisan members, wrote again to Biden uh, about the policy regarding Iran to make human rights front and center. Mm -hmm. And the same goes uh, in, in, in the Senate. Uh, I think uh, uh, everyone who watches Iran these days should um, pray and support as loudly as they can uh, the struggle of the Iranian people for peace and freedom. Because to be honest and to be frank, if Iran becomes democratic, I think democracy will return to the Middle East. And extremism that we have seen will end. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Ali. We want to stay on board of this. If this things if things change or get worse or get more intense, we want to have you back and talk about what's happening. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me and keep up the good work. Take care.